This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Hello, hello, hockey fans. My name is Nick Berlansky, host of the Tip of the Iceberg podcast here on the Hockey Podcast Network. My co-host Nick Horwat and I talk all things Pittsburgh Penguins from top news to game analysis and other unconventional hockey talk. We've got you covered. A team in the playoffs or in the play-in round won the first overall pick, and I wanted to throw my phone clear across this plane. <laughs> Nope, nope, it, he else? will. Yeah, see, there's he your hot will. take, got it. Where That's is? my hot take. He will be a Hockey Hall of Famer, if not possibly first ballot Hall of Famer. That was just awful officiating, and who who was this this scrub that was officiating? Let me let me look it up real quick. Mark Rasheed, something like that? Oh, oh, Recky. I just I just wanted to see him booming it from blue line to blue line, being the lines. That's all I wanted to see. Very few general managers have those type of players, let alone three players that you can easily say, if I don't trade them, my team will be better. So all I have to do is not make a move. And I get that's a foreign concept for Jim Rutherford, but you just don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. You don't do that. <laughs> New episodes every Monday. Tune in at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcast from. And let's go Pens. Hello, you're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Corey, a.k.a. Bayou Benders, alongside Mason Dixon, and this is Abs Nightly, your hub for Abs content. What a weekend. Uh, I've been dealing with a lot, but how, how are you doing, bud? I am pretty fucking average, I'll be honest. Um, pretty average. <laughs> I'll agree it's been an uh, interesting fucking weekend, especially for you. Yeah, I fucking lost power on Wednesday and got power back last night. At, like, I don't know what. Four, four in the evening, something like that. So yeah, as we were recording our um our episode, if you want to, you know what? Why don't you shine some light on that? Since you you fucking lived it. Well, so oh, excuse me. Um, so Wednesday, um, I was on vacation, so I was sitting at home and I watched the motionless and white. 10 year anniversary of the creatures album which was sick as fuck um and i got all the way to the last song on the live stream and then the fucking power went off and it remained off until yesterday which to give context we're recording this monday night and uh you probably noticed by now um usually the episodes come out by now and uh we um we did record a episode on Sunday, and uh, I don't know if we're going to include any of it because, to say the least, it was not our um, <laughs> finest work. Um, Corey was recording off of a fucking how, how many years old laptop? Uh, easy, like an eight-year-old laptop. 
and <laughs> that was the worst. <laughs> um, yep. it was interesting. Yeah, so hurricanes suck. I don't don't ever participate in one. <laughs> um, just a lot of cleanup afterwards. But uh, anyway, it was Halloween yesterday, so um, I didn't get I didn't get to do anything. We were out of power, you know, for the most part. So it would have been like last minute plans. But what about you, bud? You got any? Y'all did any Halloween stuff out in Canada? No, I didn't do anything. I stayed at home. Socially distanced from everybody. Candy? Yeah, which I regretted because I don't eat candy anymore. And then I feel like shit uh, today. What's your go-to candy? Go-to candy? Yeah. Well, I don't know. Like chocolate? That's pretty generic. But Jesus. Like, how about a candy bar? What do you mean a candy bar? Do you... Do you like have like one candy bar you you fuck with hard like like is a candy bar? Are we saying like a chocolate bar kind of thing? Sure, like you like Reese's or Arrow. See, dude, I don't know what an Arrow is, and I that's, saw this. I think that's a Canadian thing too, isn't it? Oh man, <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm trying to think of what his name is. Uh, that guy Dane that's on that we mess with on Twitter. He also put arrow, and I was like, I've never seen this thing in my life. An arrow bar? It's like, it's like hollow. It looks like someone like put like styrofoam okay, in the middle of this it's chocolate. Like, it's like milk chocolate. They also sell mint version of it and Ugh. an orange version of it. Ugh. Which is the orange version is actually very good. Have you ever had like a um a fucking what are they called? Uh, Terry's chocolate orange. No. I don't even know who Terry is. You don't know what a Terry's chocolate orange is? Canadian exclusive. It's a it's a Christmas thing. It's like a it's like a, an orange wrapped in gold tinfoil and it's made of chocolate and it that tastes a, fucking amazing. That is so was a, a northern exclusive exclusivity. Oh, it's like m- my mother gets me one every year for Christmas. It's the greatest thing ever. If Sounds I had to pick tight. one candy, it is that is like the greatest. Mom, get me two Terry's. Like, oh man, like you wake. I like, <laughs> she always used to put it at the very bottom of my stocking, and I wouldn't care whatever the fuck was in there. I just dump it and grab the Terry's chocolate orange. Fuck right the away. socks. Give me the Terry's. Actually, you know, I fuck. I enjoy getting socks for Christmas now. Yeah, I bet you do. So do I. I love getting clothes now. I'm like, yes, this shit's expensive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when I was like four or five, and I, if I got socks, I'd be livid. But now right. I get a pair of socks. I'm like, fuck yeah. Like, I don't have to get socks. Yeah, dude. The price of, of garments are just insane. <laughs> um, but anyway, an yeah, arrow bar, it, um, it's essentially a milk chocolate bar. And there's like, like lines where you can like break off pieces. But like in it, there's like bubbles. So there's like little holes. Yeah. yeah. It's really good. Yeah, like uh, I saw the inside of it, and I was like, "What the fuck is that?" Like it just looked aerated. Like, <laughs> well, what what do you like down there in the southern southern lands? What is the candy yeah, bar of choice? Fucking no, I'm fat. Um, I'll eat a lot of different candy. <laughs> um, let's see, my go-to. I probably should have been thinking about that since I set you up with one. Um, 
I really fuck with Heath Bar. It's been a while, but Heath Bar popped in my head, so I'm gonna go with Heath a Bar. What? A Heath Bar. The fuck is a Heath Bar? It's just a toffee, like a uh, like a toffee with a chocolate around it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It's like a size of a Hershey. Okay. Never heard of it. Very good. They uh. Maybe this is a southern thing. They have the the Heath Bar McFlurry when the when the machine works at Don's. We have like um score and Oreo. Okay, so score is the dark chocolate version of a Heath Bar. Oh, okay. I might fuck with Heath Bars then. Yeah. So like a score is okay, but like that that milk chocolate one, dude, that Heath Bar, that shit slaps. Now here, here's the real question: Have you ever had Smarties, like the, the little chalky, <laughs> sugary thing? No, they're like, I think they're a Canadian thing. But they're yeah. like, like you have, you know what M and M's are? Yeah, Smarties are like M and M's, but like way, way better. Really? Okay, so like they're the- bigger. And they're wrapped in like it's like chocolate in a thin layer of candy. Okay. And they fucking slap. Yeah, Smarties down here come in a packet that kind of resembles like chapstick, and it has the flavor of chapstick with just sugar. Ew. <laughs> yeah, that it comes in like those little like very cheap like. 45 cent, you know, two pounds of candy assortments with like dumb dumb bars and shit like that. That sounds disgraceful. Yeah. Someone uh I think it was the I the IT crowd. <laughs> he was like I had Smarty cereal. Like the fuck is Smarty cereal? He's like, I just put Smarties in milk. Which sounds <laughs> fucking disgusting. Yeah, I wouldn't look those absolutely up. horrible. <laughs> it is not anything close to a deluxe M&M. Um, anyway, I guess let's uh, let's just break into a little hockey talk. You know, yeah. Let's not let's not repeat the twenty minute rambling session. <laughs> we'll call it the dark episode. Yeah, the unaired has nightly, and it was <laughs> it was something else. Um. So this one doesn't pertain so much to uh, the Habs right now, but this was something relatively interesting. Um, so the OHL um, is has decided that they're going to remove hitting from this season due to COVID, and I'm a bit confused. Would you like me to explain it for you as sure. a, uh, a Southern Ontario lad? And if you want real quick, I, this is my whole assessment of it is that like, cause my mind originally when I saw it and I was like, well, the NHL just went and played, you know, their whole Stanley cup run for it with like zero, you know, zero, um, what you call it? People having like getting COVID during zero cases. Yeah. Zero cases. Oh man. What a lifesaver. <laughs> um, and I figured I was like, okay, like my mind immediately went to that. And I was like, wait, it's like, how old are you in the OHL? Like 16, 17? Um, I think most cases you're 17. 
Okay. So I'm like, okay, these are 17 year old kids. They're not first off, they're not going to have the quality of the NHL. They're not going to be getting tested, you know, 4,000 times in two months. So I understand where they're coming from, but I kind of don't at the same time. So I figured it, you know, that they're going to be like, there's no way in hell to keep these kids under control. So maybe this is the an easier step that way, you know, it's a contact sport, but they're going to try to take some of that out of it to stop the spread. Um, yeah, I, the dumb, the thing that's dumbest to me is that the CHL has three leagues, the WHL, the OHL, the OHL. and the QMJHL. And the OHL is the only one that's talked about banning hitting. Um, in that regard, Quebec is not looking too good due to COVID cases right now, and the Q hasn't banned hitting. So say what you want. But um, I do think, and someone can correct me on Twitter if I'm wrong, but the way I just the way I understand it is the Ontario government has basically told the OHL if they want to continue with hockey operations, they're gonna have to limit hitting, basically ban hitting. But it's kind of confusing because up until two days ago, that's what we thought was going on. The, the provincial government of Ontario, the um, minister of, she's like this uh, middle-aged soccer mom lady who is the minister of leisure and sport and I don't know, some other shit. And she basically said that there's going to be no hitting. And up until two days ago, that's what we thought was happening. The government was saying that, but then Doug Ford came out two days ago. He's the, I don't know if you know this, Corey, he's the premier of Ontario, um, like the governor, basically. Right. And he said, no, that's stupid. I think the OHL should have hitting. Fuck yeah. <laughs> so it'll be interesting to see now. It's kind of confusing what's going on. Um, I'm just going to, my retort is going to be based on the idea that there won't be any. Um until at least, you know, we get further more information and can confirm that there will be. Um, I think it's stupid because if you want to limit contact, ban the OHL altogether because you're not, you have to understand, you're not banning contact on the six-hour bus rides to games, the hour and a bit they're going to spend in the locker room, the face-offs where they're literally right beside each other, touching each other. Mm-hmm. You're not you're not banning them from celebrating goals where they're all going to crowd together. Like, <laughs> if you want to limit contact, if you really think we're in a state that we need to limit contact entirely, then you're gonna just I have to just postpone the season. Yeah, postpone the season because hitting isn't gonna banning hitting isn't gonna stop anything. Hitting might be the fastest, you know, go contact to no contact part of the whole idea of hockey like like, do you not understand that you're in the face off literally breathing each other's face you got a visor mm -hmm. but you know you've seen those that's you're not six feet apart and you're looking at each other yeah right um it's just uh kudos to them for just trying to to do anything they can to get the season up and going you know but like that's a kind of hard request these are kids that are trying to get noticed. So like, what, what is the, like, what would your, what would your punishment be if a kid slips up and lights somebody up because he's just trying to 
play the game that he's been used used to since he was 13. Yeah, and what are you preparing these kids for in the NHL? Right, they're going to have a soft season. The numbers are going to go up, and they're going to go – if they get selected, they're going to get fucking pummeled. Here's an interesting perspective that I haven't seen anyone discuss. Could you talk about how shitty it will be for the teams, the game in general – how advantageous it'll be for a player. Like, imagine if Lafreniere wasn't, you weren't able to hit him last year. How many points would that guy have scored? Right. Fucking ridiculous. Okay. But, also, uh, I, I just thought about this. Imagine going into the Memorial Cup. <laughs> the, other, the other team you're going up against is not from the O. And they're just like, yeah, we we can hit. And we just knock them the fuck around. <laughs> I didn't even around. think about that. And they're just like, uh, they're just looking at your boy. And they're like, you know, can we survive this game with fucking trying to play it like this? Like we haven't hit all year. Yeah. We haven't um, hit all year. Dude just got fucking smoked on the side. What I was gonna say though is imagine being a scout and trying to evaluate defensemen. Right. What are you gonna do? Like <laughs> you can't you're not you there's you're taking away like oh, this might be an over exaggeration or under 30% of their game not being able to play the body on defense like yeah, these, you're gonna, just going to see kids getting absolutely dusted and if that's the way it's going to be um, you might see some really good defenders drop and in a few years you're like fuck how did that guy get drafted in the third yeah, second because he was, he was fucking poke checking his life away yeah for the spent whole half, season. Like, spent half the year in the penalty box because fucking Quentin Byfield and Lafreniere or like Shane Wright was coming down the blue line and just toasting him. <laughs> Going left to right, couldn't play the body and just breaking his ankles. Man. I just, I don't understand how you can go like with, I don't, I just don't see a game of hockey without hitting, like at least professionally. And I just think it doesn't make you're not doing anyone any favors. You're what are you gaining in reality? Dude, I read it and I was like, hey, if you guys can make it work and it, it works, kudos to you. But like there's just so many drawbacks. Like you said, the poor kid, like mention like a Brandon Lemuse, like last chance to shine before the draft, and he is he can't play his style of game and he's limit, you know, he's just limited out there. Like this yeah, kid might sure. nev- not ever get his fucking chance because he wasn't allowed to play the body. Yeah. I don't know. I just think it's a um more an attempt to save face than it is an attempt to actually achieve results. But on that note, um, we do have a top prospect in a different league who plays defense where he will be allowed to lay the body, but he also recently signed and we kind of, you know, look past this, his three year deal. That's uh King Gooley. Yeah. Caden Gooley's three year. Uh, I mean, this is pretty sick. I, c- I can't believe like when I was looking for uh, Montreal news that I, I didn't even fucking see this, but uh Caden Gooley, Signs a, a three-year entry-level contract, so that's going to be through the 21 season all the way to 22-23. Um, he's going to earn 800000 Eight, Jesus, I'm not a math guy. So, 850, uh, can't, right? Can't even read. Uh, it's it's 8325 
So oh, it's even less. Um, he's got a signing bonus of of ninety two thousand uh, per season with an annual with an AAV of nine two five. The deal will also contain uh, contain a performance bonuses to a maximum of four twenty uh, for four hundred thousand. <laughs> In each season, uh, Gulia is set to make eighty thousand per season at the AHL level. So, which I'm gonna be honest, I'm kind of surprised that they um, signed him right away. It just seems to me like they're burning a year of that contract, and maybe I'm misunderstanding how the ELC works. But if it doesn't, if it maybe doesn't kick in until he plays in the NHL, like. Like if he stays with Prince Albert, does it not kick in yet? Or maybe I'm misunderstanding, but if it kicks in right away, which I don't think it does thinking about it now, I think once he plays in the NHL, that's when it kicks in. But I don't know. The signing confused me to say the least. It just seemed kind of unnecessary, but I'm not going to question it. I think Caden Gooley is going to turn into a top four defenseman for us. So if that's what Mark Bergevin thinks he needs to do. Then, hey, I'm all for it. Yeah, no doubt. Um, I, I'm a little confused at the signing as well. Um, this shit still kind of, like, confuses me to this day as far as, like, okay, they they can sign a entry-level contract, but that contract does not – it doesn't have to end in three years. So much shit can happen to these kids where they go – like, he goes back to play with Prince Albert, you know, instead of uh, – Gain, uh, joining Laval so like that doesn't affect that first year at all so like his three years can turn into a four or five um yeah if- I think it it's something to do with if they don't if play they play they can play nine games and still be sent down to the CHL but once they play that 10th game they can't mm-hmm. and you can't send a player on who is junior eligible, you cannot send him to the AHL. He has to go to the, the CHL. So those are the rules. They're kind of confusing right now, though. Oh, well. Yeah. Oh, they've, dude, like, I can, every year, like, I get, I read it, I refresh myself on it, and then the next season, I'm like, what the, f- what happens? Uh, what in the shit is going on? But last season with uh, Prince Albert, he he did pretty damn good. Uh, it was a definite improvement of his uh, 19 season. Um, he played 64 games. He had 11 goals for 40 uh, with 40 points. And um, not this not this previous season, but his last season, he was also pretty impactful um, in their play in their playoff run. Uh, fucking uh, what he had three assists. So. Um, this is still a kid that I'd, I'd like to to learn a little bit more about, but um, you know they've if they've obviously seen something in him that they decided right away that you know we need to get this signing over with, um, which is which is awesome considering like if you don't know much about him, um, there's hope for him obviously because you got next season you got eight guys that have to either resign or get moved and they've decided that they can take some of that money and put it towards this kid because they believe him. So that makes me excited for the future of him. But uh, that's not the last bit of news for this kid. 
Um, he yeah. also got names to the he got named to the 2021 World Juniors for Canada. So hopefully he makes that team. That'd be pretty sick. Well, yeah, and it's interesting. You say you want to see more of him, and that'll be a great opportunity to do so. He got invited to Team Canada, which I don't know if he received an invitation last year. I doubt it. He, um, we actually talked about him on our uh, the Lost Habs nightly episode, yeah. Um, in which I don't think we're going to show unless there's a very dark, dark day. But or we just want to laugh in the future. But yeah, we did talk about the World Juniors. Um, I do. Th- we both projected, I believe. I know I did. I think you did as well that he was going to make the team. Um, I think it'll be in a second pairing capacity. He will not be on the top pairing. Uh, Drysdale and Bowen Byram have that pretty locked down. But you know he's going to join a what's looking to be pretty fucking decent team Canada. Um, if Kirby Doc and Alexis Lafreniere return, which in normal circumstances they'd be in the NHL, but due to COVID, they may end up being eligible and you know playing for Team Canada. Um, it's going to be a stacked fucking team, and Caden Gooley's going to be able to play with some very skilled teammates. Maybe, and if he can show that he can keep up with them, crack a roster of that talent, um, I think there's a lot to look forward to in this guy. Fuck yeah, dude. Um... I, I really hope he makes a team. Um, I'd love – it would be a lot easier for me to follow him on that. It's so hard to get any, <laughs> any like, OHL, WHL. So he plays in a WHL, but, like, it's it's super hard for me to find games like that. But, like, for some reason, any type of cup, like, it gets promoted on, like, our regular television. So, like, this would be a great opportunity for me to watch him. So – but uh, that's that's got to be exciting news, you know. Not only did you get picked uh, 16th overall, but um, you know, you sign and then within the same week, you're getting uh, you know, you're getting asked to to come join the I think it's what 46 different guys um, to try to make a, a spot on this team and play for your country. So I think that's sick as fuck, and I I believe it's in Edmonton this year, and he's. If I'm not mistaken, he's from there. Um, I know he's from out west. Yeah, he might be from Edmonton, actually. Um, Sherwood Park, Alberta. So, uh, Alberta, yeah. So close, close to Edmonton. Um, you know, people from Alberta might be screaming at me like, "What the fuck? That's not close at all." It's but... okay. That's why. That's why I said it because then <laughs> Jesus Christ, he's <laughs> he's zero for two today. <laughs> yeah, no, I am. Um, I'm actually excited. I don't see him projecting to be a top pairing defenseman. Truly, don't. And I just think that Norlander, Jeff Petrie, Romanov, possibly Weber. Um, they're all going to have something to say about that. Noah Juleson included. They're all going to have something to say about that. So I don't think that he will ever end up on the top line for Montreal. I hope he proves me wrong and he's phenomenal, but I just don't see that happening. I see him in a top four capacity. Um, On that note, um, I do think that we need to talk about another draftee who I'm actually even more excited about in uh, this draft class. And that's Jan Mysak. And I've been doing a lot more research into this guy ever since um, we drafted him. I didn't really know much about him. 
And I've got to say out of this draft, you know, Kane Gooley, I love him. He's invited to team Canada that he's projecting, like I said, top four defensemen on what looks like to be a very stacked Montreal decor, but Jan Mysak, I've been watching tape of him recently and I am fucking blown away to say the least. So if, if people haven't followed him, what is, what is some qualities that we can, we can look forward to seeing in this 18 year old kid. So like super young, um, if I'm not mistaken, he's already playing with the pro level. Um, what is he in the Swiss league? He's Czech. Czech. Yes. Um, I think he might. Yeah, he might be in. The, I think he's in the Czech league. But yeah. Um. Yeah, he's with uh, Latvinov right now. So he's on loan right now. He's played uh so far. So far from what I'm seeing, he's only played one game, but kudos to him. Uh, But he he has played with them before uh, 2019 season, before going to uh, the Bulldogs for a stint. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Um, This kid, like, uh, as you say, he's actually in a very unique situation. He gets to go over and play pro hockey, even though he is – junior eligible and he gets that because he transferred over before so that's actually a very unique situation for him most um chl players won't be able to do that because of agreements with the nhl but he gets to so that's great he gets to continue playing hockey um he actually transferred over like mid-season i believe last year and joined hamilton and in 22 games he got 25 points um think about that not only was he coming over to a new league with the best players his age in the, the world, you know, develop, developmentally wise, he was coming over to a totally foreign country um, it, with a new billet family, trying to learn the language. Um, I don't know if you've, you probably never, I don't know if you've seen pictures of Hamilton. Hamilton's a scummy fucking town. So you had to deal with that too. <laughs> um, yeah. Don't, don't, I, no one's visiting Hamilton for a fucking vacation. Sorry if you live there. I fucking hate Hamilton. It, it just, he had a lot of fucking obstacles. Um, and he overcame all of those and still produced at a high level. If it wasn't for the season ending, I think he would have put up even more points. He would, his points per game only would have increased. And the best part is, is that I don't think he's hit his ceiling at all. I don't think we've seen the full like amount of potential that he has. He was actually projected... Um, by a lot of mock drafts and scouts as a um, late teens, early 20s in the first round. And the fact that he fell to us at, was it? 46. 46, yeah, that's that's a fucking steal. Um, Best characteristics, I would have to say, is just hockey IQ. And not only that, but um, there was actually an interview with Rob Ramage. Um, He is the Habs lead... um, trying to think of the term he um leads the development of all their guys so he has conversations with romanov he has conversations with Caden gulia uh, cole caulfield all those guys there's actually a great article put out um by fuck i think it may have been on nhl.com i'm not sure um, i'm drawing a blank right now but i'll make sure to link it when i on twitter when i post the update for this episode anyway it's a great read if you haven't checked it out you should but he said that his talks with Mysac have been absolutely phenomenal. 
not only that, this kid has legendary work ethic. Like we're talking like Kobe Bryant in the gym at four in the morning work ethic. Um, when he first came over there saying the first week he had no issue. The first thing, the first week he came over, he had to like adjust and get the language. And when he was talking to his coach, the first thing he asked his coach was, how do you want me to play? what style do we play? How do you want me to play in this situation? And they spent two hours in the room going over just tactics for the team. And you think, you know, most guys would maybe say, uh, ask, I don't know. Most guys might ask a different question than how do you want me to play this? How do you want me to do this? All that. They might just want to know what line they're on. Right. And they said, following a week later, he, um, he came to the coach and had a complaint and his, only complaint was that his billet family was only able to drop him off an hour before practice. And he wanted to get there <laughs> two or three hours before practice. So they made arrangements for him because he just, this guy grinds and I don't know. I just think that it's going to be insane to see where he ends up with work ethic like that. And the highlights that he has, like I've been watching him, this kid's skill is intense. He's a, not only a very capable um, goal scorer and offensive threat, but he's also a penalty kill scoring threat. He's he scored three or four shorthanded goals in 22 games last year. He was phenomenal on the PK. So yeah, to say the least, I don't know if you can't tell, I'm pretty fucking excited for yeah, this you, kid. You're super amped up for him. Um, but like as you should, like as you're telling me, like as you're telling us, like, dude, like this, this kid sounds like he's a winner. He's going to do whatever he can to make the team. I mean, dude, like what kind of coach isn't going to fucking just try to play a kid and, and just give him extra looks. If he's asking everything he possibly can do to play his style of hockey. Like that's the other thing. He's a Claude Julian wonder kid. Claude Julian <laughs> would love him. Oh, he will love him. And to top it all off, he, um, he's playing with a beloved, Hab, who has played a thousand games for us, that is Thomas Placanis. They're playing together in the Czech Republic, and I believe, I think it was Rob Ramage that said also Montreal got into t- contact with Thomas Placanis, and basically he has agreed to keep an eye out and basically take this kid under his wing. Dude, this kid's gonna show up in three years. He's going to be having the iconic turtleneck pass down from, <laughs> from the legendary non-aging man himself. And he's just going to, he's going to take his role. Like, so if we have a young plucky coming back to you, let's get it. Like if he can be anything like Thomas Placanus, he will be phenomenal. Like I will be ecstatic and to sit like it doesn't sound like he needs any help in be, becoming a professional it sounds like he's got the work ethic to drive um i'm really i'm referencing this article a lot if you haven't checked it out you really should i'll i promise i'll link it when i tweet this out um but his interview too he just he just seems like a great kid but if you want someone to turn out to be a professional there's no better guy than going to thomas Pacanis too because thousand games with one franchise in the NHL is hard. A thousand games in the NHL alone is hard, mm-hmm. but to do it at the level he did with the model, just the no scandals, the professionalism, just I'm here to do my job. It's difficult. And he was able to do so. So I think he was just a phenomenal teacher for a young guy. Yeah, dude. Uh, 
imagine, imagine just getting picked by a team, a team they happen to play on. I'm sure like their team leader is probably Plecky and knowing that he's already has everything you need to know about making this team. And is and is <laughs> he's has, uh, you know, Plucky has been given the the task of, of helping mold this kid, you know, so. And it I guess it shows a lot about Placanus's loyalty to Montreal to still be willing to do so. He doesn't have to do shit for this kid, right? He doesn't owe the organization. Thomas Placanus owes the Montreal Canadiens absolutely nothing. nothing. He gave everything to that crest. And then we traded him to the fucking Leafs, poor guy. But, and just think of your Jan Mysek shoes. He's even said, like, Placanis was his idol growing up. One of his idols. He's a Czech Republic. In the world of hockey in the Czech Republic, he's a national hero. Him him and Yager, right? They're, right? They don't have a lot of great hockey players coming out of the Czech Republic, more so now. But they are fewer in number. They had Philip Zadina recently. But Placanis is one of their best players ever. And to come up and be tutored by this guy must be in a just Jan Mysik is on an all-time high right now. Like he, he's living life. Yeah, I mean, he he's he sounds like he's got the best molding, you know, you know, of all of <laughs> of all of the kids about to come up. Like, I feel like he has the ultimate advantage, you know. He's got a guy who's played a thousand games with the Canadians and during, you know, this generation's best, you know, best sight of what Canadian Canadian hockey can be, you know, for Montreal. And um, he's going to get groomed by his idol and just taught the way of Plekanics. So Plucky had never done anything wrong in my book. So I hope this Jan Mysak can, can really – can really just take in what he tells them and uh, put it put it to good use. Yeah, I'd love to see this kid out there. Yeah, for sure. I think he's – yeah, I think I've raved about him long enough. I think I've gotten my point across. And, yeah, to say the least, I'm really fucking excited to see him in training camp with Montreal, see him, the highlights he's going to produce over there in Europe, maybe see him back in the OHL soon. I'm, I'm just really excited to see this kid play. Well, it's like – from what I just saw, it was like he – it was his second season with the the the, the adult um, Czech team that he was on because all the other ones he played, like the U, under-20s and stuff like that. So, he played um, under-20 from the time he was 15 years old. Jesus. Um, <laughs> so he, he – I think he had like 22 games, pretty average. But then he goes to the O – and uh, just has a fucking field day with him. So hopefully, uh, hopefully he can go back. What like I th- like I said, I believe it's a uh, Latinov. Hopefully he can go back back with them. Um, put some damage in on that team. Learn from the best. Get sent back to the O and light it up even harder. You know, just give him a shot. You know. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um. But yeah, I, I really think that's uh that's gonna be it. Uh, we got some closing thing, clothing, closing things to talk about. Clothing being one of them. Um, but before we get to that, uh, we were tasked to be a part of Movember this year. Um, by yes, the, sir. I believe it was what uh, Mike. 
I think Mike sent that to us. Mike? No, From it was Matt. 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 So, uh, would you like, do you want me to talk about that since it's yeah. more my. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got us into it. I feel I should. Yeah, okay. go ahead. So, Matt Smith of Habs Unfiltered, um, a good friend of the podcast. Actually, we really need to uh, get this guy on, talk to him. Um, absolutely love the Habs Unfiltered podcast. It's, you know, it, it's fucking awesome. I listen to it. Um, I don't know, if, Corey, if you do, but I fucking love it. Um, he's tacked. Anyway, we, we go back and forth on Twitter. He invited us to join him, his team for Movember. If you're not sure what Movember is, Movember is raising awareness for, it started with prostate and um, I believe, I can't remember, I think prostate and some other form prostate, of cancer. Prostate, testicular cancer, and yeah. then men's um, mental health. Yes, and then it's grown into men's mental health as well. Uh, essentially, it's in the name. You're growing a mustache. Uh, Corey's going to have me a bit beat, I think, but we're going to try our best. Um, and yeah, we're going to, you know, we're going to work with Matt and the others at Habs Unfiltered and the other members of our team to try to raise money and awareness for Movember and testicular cancer, prostate cancer, men's mental health. Um, yeah, so we're, we're joining that. Um, obviously, he is kind of the head of that. It's our first year doing it. I believe Matt's done it for quite a few years now but um yes that <laughs> i don't really know much m- what more to say um we're going to be learning more coming this week at least i will be so we'll probably have more about to talk about it next week but we've joined that team um we'll send a we'll post a link for donations if you want to make a donation it goes towards cancer research men's mental health all great causes in their own right so yeah, we're just getting the word out that we're a part of that. Um, if you want to join the fight, join us. You are most welcome to. Absolutely. Uh, I am excited to see you grow any type of facial hair. So. And I just shaved just shaved it off today, so it probably won't be back in time. But. Uh... <laughs> well, you're gonna do your best. Uh, I trimmed my mustache, so I can I can be a part of this in my own way. Because <laughs> you're not touching that beard. No, it kind of, it's like, dude, like where this, this didn't have the, uh, the attention that it did when I was young and didn't have the beard started. Like it would have been great, you know, to have that in my background, but it's just like this stuff really came ahead, uh, when I was like at least three years into growing it. And at that point I was just like, yeah, I kind of, uh, I've kind of taken the path, you know, (laughs) not really interested in restarting it, but uh, I'm going to participate in my own way. And um, this is a great thing to get behind. So um, do you research people, you know, um, we tend to, to overlook doctor's visits and shit like that. And sometimes we catch it a little too late, you know, and this is what it's all promoting is, is just being health conscious and, and knowing when um, to say, Hey, I need a, I need to get a, an opinion on this or, you know, what have you are uh, you not alone and we all we all skip doctor visits when we should go so um join us with movember um and then also uh our haves nightly uh merch merch site is up and i've been excited to uh to talk about that 
uh, sadly, because I got my my clothes a lot faster than Mason did. <laughs> yep, that was an stressful time to say the least. I thought I gave you the wrong address. Turns out it came here anyway. Um, there were emails exchanged, much um, many heated conversations <laughs> about the postal service, but. You know, whatever, it's fine. I got it. And I fucking love my Habs Nightly merch. Me too. I actually wore my sweater the other day to a uh, a little bonfire because, you know, there was no <laughs> there was no electricity. So there's not much else to do other than burn all the fucking fallen wood. Um, so that was sick. Uh, something hilarious about having my face on my t-shirt <laughs> <laughs> you're walking around feeling a little egotistical but actually i do love the design um we're gonna have more coming up too um there may or may not have to be some kd inspired yeah a, a coming blue out. and yellow fucking just cheesy. absolute cheesy gorgeous sweater coming out because oh, obviously kd is fucking god um, but yeah, um, I don't actually know what the link is off the I top do. of my head. It is, but I know you do. It's Habs Nightly, all one word. Dot what for apparel dot com, all one word. So that's Habs Nightly dot what for apparel dot com. So if you want the gorgeous bearded face of Corey on your chest, you know where to head to. Yeah, and the and the very young Mason Dixon. alongside me uh it's a beautiful logo um and these guys were able to really transform it onto a t-shirt um i have the hoodie a t-shirt and a um i guess it's a tank top i don't want to call them wife beaters anymore like i think we're past that as a civilization um so it's just a stupid name for the shirt but uh tanks i have one of the tanks and they're very comfortable so everyone that everyone that uh, I was I got um, fits really well. I would say that um, one of <laughs> one of our older fans, Dave, uh, got one in the mail. Said it ran a little small. So, folks, if you if you're interested, maybe buy a size up when it comes to uh, the t-shirt option. But uh, my hoodie and uh, my tank top fit very well. So, and just some final parting words. When um, at least when I started this. Never in a fucking second did I think my face was going to end up on some clothing. <laughs> so uh, all of this is because of the incredible support we've received from you guys. So our sincere, at least my sincere, I actually I can speak for you, our sincere gratitude and thanks because fucking ridiculous. I'm walking around and my face is on a fucking sweater. That's just something I never thought or conceived would ever be possible so thank you and this is something um i wouldn't say it's a dream come true i never knew i wanted to do this until (laughs) last year but like as far as a one-year dream can come this is this has come to fruition a lot faster and um due to my twitter poll on kd i was wrong apparently and if i ever find a box of kd in New Orleans, I will buy it and I will give it my best. Oh, reading. you're fucking getting KD sent to you. <laughs> it's happening. To the point that craft dinner 
was in the war, the long feuding war on our Twitter. Uh, oh fuck, we didn't even mention that, did we? Katie came in <laughs> like they had a title, like they were ready for a title fight, telling me about the Katie goodness. Verified so. the verified Katie Twitter account in all its glory with its eleven thousand Twitter followers. I don't know why the fuck you would follow Katie on Twitter. I guess you guys are just fucking addicted. You hit but 36,000 boxes I'll be honest, the week. So. I became a follower that day <laughs> because Katie is God. Katie rose from the ashes of all this macaroni blasphemy talk and joined the fight against you, Corey. That's when you know Katie is God. Yeah, I felt like the fucking Night King just getting my ass beat by Arya. <laughs> which was, you know, all of most 75% of Canada <laughs> came and attacked me on uh, Twitter. <laughs> so um, I'll give it a shot. I'm not going to lie. I'm not super hopeful about it. But after the backlash and the people telling me to try it, I'll try it. I'm not going to lie. I will try it. So whenever I get that, we'll make some content. <laughs> I guess I'll post a video of myself making a, a two-minute uh, macaroni so two minute macaroni i'm guessing that's how long it, it takes to cook something like that no 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 if you're cooking it in two minutes you're just <laughs> ruining good i thought KD. it was microwavable microwavable <laughs> i don't know what this is no 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 oh cory you you got to boil some water you put the put it in the water and then you get it out you put the margarine in it, mix it together. Then you pour some milk in it, you mix it together. And then you pour the cheese, the fucking powdered cheese, you mix it together. You got yourself some Katie. All right. Well, as soon as I can find Katie, uh, they'll have a content piece of me eating Katie. So thank you, Canada, for fucking lighting, <laughs> lighting me up. Bullying, cyber bullying you, bullying you into eating Katie. Yes. Yeah. Shout out to Shane, though. Not Shane of the Hockey Podcast Network, who made fun of me for calling macaroni macaroni. Talking about Shane Van Nice for having my back. So <laughs> there's that. Um, I will say Shane did have a box of KD. Like yeah, I but said, that thing Canadian looked dusty. Thing. That thing was dusty. But he had it. That was a three-year-old print. But he had it. He had it. Okay. It's like having a pack of ramen. Yeah, everyone, but it's Canada, so everyone's got KD. Right. And and on that note, I think we better end it here because Corey's going to fall asleep at the computer. Oh, absolutely. Uh, folks, this has been Habs Nightly. It has been an absolute pleasure. Please follow us at uh, HabsNightly.com. <laughs> I mean, Habs Nightly on Twitter. HabsNightly.com. Um, <laughs> soon to be. Uh, you guys have a great uh great week and we'll talk to y'all at the end of it so y'all have a great night you're listening to the hockey podcast network on twitter at hockey Podnet. new episodes every monday and thursday download at the hockey podcast or wherever you get your podcasts from